Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Blues. My name is Steve Lipman, joined as always by Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. I ask you, Emily. Now, I'll tell you guys, we did not have an episode last week. We had a busy weekend. Dan was moving. Emily, what were you doing? You had something going on. I was in Vermont for a wedding. You were in Vermont for a wedding. Okay, there's that. And leads in quite nicely to this. It sure does. I was getting engaged. I proposed. (laughs) <laughs> to my uh, girlfriend of five years, Gabrielle, uh, who I love very much, have loved for a very long time. And uh, it was great. It was the best thing ever. And uh, so, Emily, my first question is for you. Any advice for a newly engaged couple? Uh, you had engaged an engagement of your own. And then uh, during your wedding, Dan and I watched it and live uh, streamed it for what was that? That app that stopped paying us? What was that? So we stopped doing it? <laughs> Oh, I forget. Locker room. Yes, yeah. Uh, we, it, yes. They rebranded and it became something else. Spotify. But, um, that's it. So those, which, listen, if they want to reboot it, we'll, we'll go back to it. But um, that was, we, we, we watched your wedding. Um, I thought we anyway. were talking to Paul. Not the wedding day. Huh? It was like two days before the wedding. We, you, we talked, you guys talked to Paul. You were like oh, dress okay. shopping or, or getting fitted or your makeup. I was getting my eyelashes we done. Paul. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Emily, any advice uh, for a newly engaged couple like myself and like Gabrielle, who is not uh, present at the moment? Um, I don't really have advice for like the engagement time. It's really not that different than any other time, especially because you live together. My what my wedding planning advice though is make your guest list before you pick a venue. That's my wedding mm. planning, so you know how many people you need because don't fall in love with the venue and then. You either have to cut people or like have too many, you know, figure right. out who you want there first. Because it's hard to ballpark the numbers, right? Like, how yeah. do you know? And like venues hold different amounts. So like know who you want there first and then find a venue that makes sure you can fit everyone that you want there. So you don't have to cut people that are important to you. That's my mm-hmm. advice for that. Great. Dan, yeah. what is your favorite uh, song that plays either at a wedding or a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah? That's such a hard question because I haven't been to a wedding since I was like five. And right, I that's why I opened it up. Well, I haven't been to a bar about this in like nine or ten years either. But more recently than five. So, all right. You know, like 
That was like LMFAO was a thing at the time when that was like <laughs> when I was going through bar mitzvahs. Um, you know, uh, Super Bass was always a great song. Oh, it still is a great. It still is a great song. So like that'll be yeah. my answer. I'll go with. That. I've never been to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. You weren't a Steve, really? Mm-hmm. No, I, I remember thinking at the time, should I or should I not? Right. But you picked the venue. And, and I was like, you know what? Let's I did. Yeah, you didn't. I was on the guest list when you picked the venue. So. No, I was dating a girl named Brie at the time. I was like, I was very stressed. And I was like, no, I have to slow dance that night with Brie. And it's, I, I, there's too much on my mind. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, anything else before we get into the basketball? Last weekend was a lot of fun. Um, was Gab very surprised? Like what? I well, want like a little bit more detail here. Okay, here's what I can say. For months and months, um, uh, I was certain that she had no clue what was going on. And I, I was right in that because I was talking to her friends and her family and, and, and everybody was like, she has no idea we were trying to get her to get her nails done and she like would not take any hints to get her nails done. It was like, okay, well, the good news is that she has no idea what's going on. And then 24 hours out, she got suspicious and it was like code red. Like she's asking a lot of questions here. And it was like, I'm so close to this happening. And like, she started getting suspicious and, um, the whole plan was to do it and, and where I ended up doing it was at the place where we had our first date. So I think she started thinking a little bit more about where we were going the following day and, and the length of time we'd been dating. And uh, she, she noticed on Instagram that one of her friends from out of town was actually in New York. And so, yeah, so uh, she did get a little bit suspicious. And then once we got to the area, it became like clearer and clearer that like something was going on. Um, so I thought I, for months, I thought like I was going to get her there with like no suspicion. And then, uh, she did have some, some suspicion, which is fine. And it ended up being, you know, perfect. But, uh, I was thinking that I was going to pull it off with none, but didn't happen. I think it's very hard for men yeah. to pull it off with no suspicion. Girls are just like very like attuned to things. And like, if anything yeah. is weird, like they pick it up like any weird question that's out of character anything it's easy to pick up so she mentioned to me a few weeks ago she was like your phone's been on do not disturb like a lot and I was like yeah I don't know I'm kind of like cutting down on my screen time I don't yeah I don't, I don't like you want to change the subject maybe um one of her friends I was talking to before this happened a few weeks ago and she was like this is like where your acting training will like really come in handy you know like, you have not seen you have not seen my work like this is not that is going to work against me like my <laughs> rotten tomato score is not high this is like that 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 is going to work against me um but yeah so we had a um i did it sort of on a pier by the water and then afterwards we had like a surprise party with some uh family and close friends at a restaurant uh here in new york and uh it was really cool it's a great night and uh, now it's just like, you know, getting used to new reality and it's very fun. It's all cool. Congratulations. Yeah. We're very happy Thank for you. So you. I'm very excited. Wild times. Another gastro wedding on the way. Good stuff. Who should, uh, who well, should interview a few days before your yeah. wedding this time? 
who should we i don't know but i i unlike emily i you love won't be there, and so. i will make it happen no matter what well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, no i'm sorry i can't right. make it i'm gonna be on whatever app jake fisher uses now so yeah that's true that's <laughs> true we're gonna be on please don't aggregate this that day yeah. um all right uh bad news for the fans is that uh, drew is not here i have to I have to tell you that so people are going to tune out now so drew's not here bad news all right kevin wild. durant this week a lot has a lot happened this week with kevin durant um to start sort of chronologically let me see what the earliest thing was here oh kevin durant met with Josiah, the uh nets owner and uh, he reiterated his trade request, and he said uh, that he needs to, that Josiah needs to choose between the general manager, Sean Marks, and Steve Nash, and Kevin Durant. He says, fire those guys, or keep me, which seems like a wild request. Um, he does not have faith in the Nets. This is per Shams. Does not have faith in the Nets' direction. Uh, the meeting was transparent and professional, which uh, other people were <laughs> saying was very funny. Then he shows up to the meeting. He goes, please, like, you need to trade me. Also, fire your two leading decision makers. But it was also a very respectful meeting. It's like, how is this like a respectful meeting? What are you talking about? Um, Josiah, like, immediately tweets, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, uh the this confirms that he said that correct like that can basically correct. confirm exactly like, he wants them fired it confirms the shams report that kevin durant wants those guys fired and josiah is basically saying i'm not firing those guys and essentially like if that's your stipulation i'll trade you when i get an offer that i like like he's just basically telling durant to fuck off like um and he's confirming the Shams thing. Like, otherwise, he could just say like that that report is untrue. Like, Kevin has no Kevin has faith in our direction, and we're working toward a solution or whatever. The New York Post <laughs> then says that Kyrie Irving is not a fan of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Kyrie Irving hates these guys. He feels that Nash is terrible and Marks is bad. It's like <laughs> Marks is like, hey, I'm only bad. It's like, <laughs> that's like um, not, that's pretty good in comparison. Right. Um, the New York Daily News says that uh, it's a, essentially Kevin Durant will hold out of training camp, that he's prepared to do that if he doesn't get traded, um, which like it, momentum is just sort of building towards like he actually legitimately hates it there and he's not just going to go along to get along. He hates the coach. He hates the GM. And then we have from Ian Begley, who's like a real guy like he's not one of the fakesters out there he says that kevin durant uh that the sixers want kevin durant which is not huge news because it's maury and of course they would but also kevin durant wants to come to philadelphia that kd is interested in playing in, with sixers uh begley includes that the sixers would almost certainly have to include tyrese maxi uh tobias harris matisse Thybul, um uh, and draft picks and whatever um this was in addition to boston uh, which sort of confirmed that uh he's interested in uh boston as well frank isola who seems kind of i don't know if he's real but he says it's hard to follow at times but yes kevin durant would like to play with james harden who is in london with durant 
around the time Durant met with Nets ownership. Now, there's a video going around of Durant and Harden uh, celebrating after a Travis Scott concert, like they won some sort of championship. I don't know why they're celebrating so much, but it was after a concert. Apparently, the concert went really well. Not all Travis Scott concerts go well. I don't know if you're a, a news buff, but I mean, some of them go very poorly. Um, then they were in Barcelona together, um, working out on the court. Their, their uh, windhorse whispered that they were also in Central Pay together. They're backpacking across like international, the international universe together. So there's like, it reminds me of when Sixers were trying to trade Ben. And I remember being like, sure, yeah, of course we would trade Ben for James Harden, but like, that's just not going to happen. Like, there's, like, that seems like a silly, like, fantasy land. Like, I would trade Ben for Malik Beasley. Like, get him out of here. Like, I, I would love to trade him for anybody. I don't, of course, I would trade him for James Harden. James Harden doesn't really want to come here and, and he's not available. And all of a sudden, there's like all these dots connecting and they're holding hands in six different continents. Like, what's going on? Why are, why are Harden and KD together all the time in all of, these different places clearly the acrimony that we saw at the trade deadline when kd wouldn't pick him over anybody in the all-star game thing which is my favorite clip ever that's over like they're best pals again um what's going on here like how real do you think this is what i end up coming back to unfortunately is that the sixers just won't have the best offer for kevin durant like given their stuff like given that the money to get there is tobias harris um and also that the Nets, like, if Kevin Durant's list is seven teams long, they don't fucking want to send Kevin Durant to Philadelphia after sending James Harden here. Like, of all of these packages, like, they absolutely not. Like, of course, they don't want to send him to Boston, who was just in the finals. But, like, now Boston maybe doesn't want to trade Jalen, but Chum says that they do. Like, you know. Who knows? This opens up the whole Tyrese Maxey conversation, which has been going on for a while now. I, I want to, I've been talking for an hour. I want to open this up to you guys. Emily, what do you think about all of the dot connecting here with the KD and the Harden stuff? And like, where do you end up? Um, I mostly agree with you. Like, I think that maybe Philly is like Durant's preferred destination, but I don't think that will our package is going to get it done. Like I read that Brooklyn wants like Tatum and Brown from the Celtics, which they're never going to get. But also if that's what they're looking for, like we don't have two players that are that good to give them. So then I don't think they're really going to be, I just don't think we're going to have the package. Like as much as it would hurt. Yeah. I would trade Maxi for Kevin Durant. Like he's maybe one of five players I would trade Maxi for um because it just your championship window is just like wide open as long as him and Embiid would be healthy but I don't think that I feel like someone can beat us in a package and I also agree that like Brooklyn is not interested in making Philadelphia like Brooklyn South after they like got their big three and it blew up within like a year and then just send two of those three to another team like in their division that doesn't really seem like wise GMing but also apparently Sean Marks is bad so maybe it that is what will happen who knows yeah I um yeah just to 
I love Maxi so much. I think he's like going to be a star. Like I, I wouldn't say that he's going to be like a top 10 guy or 15 guy, but like believe in him so much. Um, I get the age thing. I get the, I get all of that. Durant's had injuries and he's also been a weirdo in many different ways for a while now, but like he's what a top three, four guy right now. Um, and like just win one title with Embiid. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, uh, he and Embiid seem to have immense respect for each other. Um, which I think is very cool. And I'm sure part of why he's now open to coming here, but like he really would have to narrow the field of teams that he's interested in coming to like down to like Philadelphia or bust or like a team that has nothing, you know, to give them. Um, because if it's like Philadelphia or six other teams, then like Brooklyn, all things being equal, is just not going to comply with that. Um, but if he narrows it like that, it's not that Brooklyn gives a shit about where he wants to go. It's that he, him and his agent can pollute the water enough that like Kevin's going to be unhappy and like a malcontent if you trade everything in your franchise to get him there. Like that's really the part of this. It's, it's really not when you say that stars control where they go. It's not that their teams with four years left on their contract will um, do whatever the star says. It's that the acquiring team isn't going to give all their shit for like the most powerful entity in basketball um, who doesn't want to play in that city or live in that city. If they have guys there and picks there who could be perfectly happy there. Um, so there's a ton of smoke here. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm a lot more bullish on the Sixers chances here than you guys are. Um, I, I'm not saying it's likely. I think it's like a low chance, but I think it's like a very, very like legitimate chance. Um, and I don't know. I, I think that it, when it comes to, you know, the, the Nets, you know, sending another player to, you know, the Sixers after they just did the same with Harden, I am not sure how big of an issue that is to start with. Um, we haven't heard anything like, you know, where the Rockets didn't want to trade um, Harden back to Maury. There's no bad blood between Maury and the Nets front office. In fact, that like a lot of the reports that were coming out around the time of the Harden trade was that um, him and, you know, Sean Marks would really get along. Um, so I think that's something I'm not really worried about. I think that, you know, Joe Sy doesn't really seem to care about the Sixers too much um, in like a negative way. Um, and I think when you get into a lot of the other points, you know, there's a lot of what ifs that could go the Sixers way and, you know, they're what ifs. And uh, that's why I think it's, you know, still unlikely, but, you know, what if the Nets are not really scared off by two years of Tobias on, you know, a contract that's bad, but not like Russell Westbrook bad. Um, who's another guy we've already heard that they were like thinking about taking on for Kyrie Irving. Um, and Tobias is making less. He's a better player. Yeah, he has that extra year. But when the Nets talk about, you know, they want to be, you know, still somewhat competitive. They didn't say they wanted to compete, if I remember correctly. But the report is they want to be competitive after trading Durant. Well, Tobias Harris would, you know, keep you in the playoff hunt, especially like with what you might get for Irving and with, you know, uh, 
some of the other guys. I mean, they went on an 11 game losing streak this year. Like it wouldn't be that bad with him there. Um, plus, you know, you get Maxi, and, you know, I, you know, Trill has talked about a, a lot about this um, on his podcast, but like, you know, there's, a, he prefers Maxi to Jalen Brown as an asset. I personally don't agree, but maybe the Nets do. Like maybe the Nets are like, yeah, I, I, you know, we're not afraid of Tobias Harris. We love Tyrese Maxey, right? Like, if you're trading Kevin Durant, you don't trade him for a guy who's like, we like this player. You trade him for a guy you love. And we've seen that before, right? We saw that with, you know, when when the Kings um, traded DeMarcus Cousins, back when DeMarcus Cousins was like the, the guy to get on the market. And he went to the Pelicans because the Kings just really liked Buddy Heel. Like, it's it's really easy to see the Nets just like really liking Tyrese Maxey, and you when know, the Pacers uh, traded Paul George for Victor Oladipo, who like at the sure. time was like doing nothing in Orlando, but they just loved him. Right. Yeah. So I mean, Maxey is a, a a guy who's easy to fall in love with, and they could they could definitely say you know we're moving on. Um, and you know when we were on the up and up, we had you know guys who you know who who like played hard and and like. You know, we're 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 battling even, you know, when we were the seventh seed or whatever. And um, you know, I think it's easy to to be like, yeah, this is the kind of guy that we want to start our like retooling around, or we are not like a full-on rebuild, but like rebuilding our team around. Um and then you know, Trill's also talked about, you know, the fact that the Sixers, yeah, they can't offer as many picks, but basically right now 2027 is protected. Um to Brooklyn, which means it would be easy to unprotect if they wanted it unprotected. You don't have to get another team involved. Um, and if you trade Maxi for Durant, the Sixers could be really, really bad in like 2027, 2028, 2029. And you can then unprotect 2027, which is basically offering an extra first that could be really good. You can unprotect, you could send 2029 unprotected. And uh, the Sixers are in a tough spot because they kind of have their picks the year the Nets don't right now. But they could send a pick swap for 2028 at least. Um, and the Sixers picks in 2027 through 2029 could be really, really good. And he drew the analogy to, um, you know, where the Nets went wrong and how the Celtics got all these great picks, like when they got Tatum. Um, because the Nets got the, the players in the deal, but they set the Celtics picks way in the future. The players weren't good anymore by then, and they didn't have the picks to rebuild the team. And it was, the Sixers could definitely get to that point, um, which, by the way, I would be willing to sacrifice if it meant getting Kevin Durant and having like this three-year run where you have a really good chance to win a title. Um, but you know, that's unless you do everything perfectly, that's the consequence of winning, right? Is that like you have to go all in on a couple of years and you deal with that after. Um, and then, you know, I agree totally agree with you where it's like, you know. I think it's, I don't know why they're reconciled now. Maybe it's because Kevin Durant was like, Hey, you were right. It's ridiculous over here in Brooklyn. Um, but they're getting along and, you know, they're all throughout Europe and, and you would have to be crazy to think that James Harden isn't doing any recruiting there. Isn't telling him, you know, start telling teams that you want to come to Philly, you know, and I don't think Kevin Durant is going to tell the Celtics, for example, or the Suns, like teams that we've known he's been interested in. And like sacrifice his odds of getting out of Brooklyn at all. That no, I actually only want to go to Philly. Right. I don't think that that's something we'll see. But all of those teams um, have, you know, things that would make you say, and like I said, it's a lot of what ifs. Like, what if they don't offer enough? Like, 
if this if the Nets like a lot about the Sixers, you know, potential package, um, like I said, if they don't mind Harris, if they care about those future picks, if they really like Maxi, maybe you can flip Matisse for another pick, right? Like if all of these things kind of come into place and they like your offer, then it's like, what if the Celtics don't want to give Smart? And it sounds like Durant wanted to play with Smart. So like now the Celtics are like, we maybe really can't give Smart. And the and the and the Nets are saying, well, we're really like, you know, we Brown is great, but like unless we get smart, we don't really want to do it. Um, it sounds like Adebayo and um, Butler aren't going to be traded. Um, so that is plus if you get Adebayo, you have to work a lot out with Ben anyway. But like, I'm sure they'd be willing to do that. But it sounds like those guys are off the table. I think that takes the heat out of it. Uh, the Nets didn't seem to want Aiton. I actually believe them. I don't think that Aiton's like a steal on this contract by any means. And the Pacers were the only ones to, you know, sign him to that offer sheet. And he can't be traded until. I think January anyway. And I, I'm not sure that like the Suns who are really good and like younger than the Sixers, like, yeah, Paul is older, but like Booker's young, like Aiton is is younger, Bridges and, and Cam John, like they have younger role players, like they could be good past Durant's years. Like those future picks might not be as enticing as the Sixers picks. And so there's a lot of things. Like, I don't think Kevin Durant wants to go to the Pelicans, for example, who's another team who's been thrown out, right? Like I could definitely uh see that being a team where it's like he kind of uh angles himself away from and so all of these things kind of make you say huh like yeah that's a lot that has to go your way admittedly right like maybe it's a pretty slim chance but it's definitely a, a chance right like the Sixers have a, a really good young player to offer they have future picks that could be really good and you know the salary works perfect if you're giving like a you know a, a maxi a Tobias and Matisse and maybe Jaden Springer I don't know if they want him right but like yeah, the package is probably not good enough, but it's not definitely not good enough. And there's a lot of things that could go their way. Um, and I would not be 100% out on the Sixers getting Kevin Durant. Wild. Wild. Um, we found out just uh, maybe a couple hours before recording that um, Sixers are going to play on Christmas Day. They'll be playing at noon against the Knicks, which is uh, very funny that the Knicks are getting a uh, Christmas day. They were not good. Last year, they did sign Jalen Brunson this year. Um, and uh, the Knicks got, got a Christmas day game and then the Lakers got a Christmas day game. So the league is just sort of leaning into the um, sort of mainly shitty, um, huge market teams thing. Uh, thoughts on the Sixers in the noon slate uh, against the Knicks, Dan. Yeah, I feel like we've had a lot of Sixers Knicks Christmas games. I, I mean, we had, you know, we played the Celtics one year and we played the Bucks one year. And the Celtics game was a close loss. I think Kyrie hit a big shot at the end uh, back when he was on Boston and we we killed the Bucks, which was a ton of fun. But um, I don't mean this to like sound like, you know, arrogant. The season hasn't started or anything yet, but like, Right now, on paper, it kind of looks like an easy win, which would be great. I don't need to see the most competitive game. Sure, it'd be nice to have, like, a fun, you know, close win against a good team. But, like, more than anything, I just don't want the Sixers to ruin Christmas this year. And I feel like mm -hmm. the Knicks kind of lowers that probability. So, I'll take it. I think – also, I think they're on at the uh, the 2.30 slate. Um, I know – I don't think they announced times, but if, if um, the way they were – Okay, so if the way they were tweeted out, I could be wrong, but I was just looking. They were like the second team in the list of um, games. 
but you know i like you know those early games a bit i you know will leave for you know if it's 2 30 what time I mean, is we're the second team tweeted out by shams right, right which is why i thought it could be the 2 30 if it's 2 30 great i'll you know watch the game and then go to dinner with my family after the game ends if it's noon that's always fine you don't have to sit through. usually the noon games stink so you don't have to sit through right a non-sixers team playing a bad game at noon if they're early but whatever i mean yeah it'll it'll be fun i i, I love the christmas day games and i think it's you know always a bummer when the sixers don't have when the sixers didn't have one last year so it definitely makes the day more fun Emily, uh, thoughts on the Sixers uh, playing the Knicks on Christmas? Yeah. I don't like it personally because that 2 o'clock sleep is not great for my normal Christmas plans. I will typically be in the car at that point for like a two-hour drive, which means I would potentially miss the entire game and I have to listen to it on the radio, which is like not that fun for me. Um, so I like prefer it to be like later or like I can get away with the noon game. But I do like when they play on Christmas. I kind of think it was a disrespect that they didn't play on Christmas last year. It's such like a big thing, like the NBA on Christmas day and to not have like a marquee player like Joel Embiid playing on Christmas day, I think is just kind of embarrassing for the league. So we're back on Christmas day where we should be. It's just not the best time for me personally, but I'll get over it. We can take a break. Uh, we will be uh, back and wrap up some odds and ends from the week. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're back. All right. This week. There was a fun rumor from Rick Buecher, who I think stinks, um, and he never does. says anything. Yeah, and never says anything right or good. Um, he was on Colin Cowherd's show, and he said that uh, before Game Four, which was the game that uh, against the Celtics, the, the Nets game, which was the what everything was leading up to with Ben Simmons. 
where he was dunking and practice and saying like do, do you get that on camera and um they're really hyping it up that ben was gonna play um when of course he didn't play um that in the group chat with ben and his teammates they texted and said ben are you gonna play and ben just left the group chat rick told this story as fact um shams uh, went on, what's his name, Pat McAfee's show and said this never happened. Uh, it's an amazing story, but it didn't happen. So that was fun. Uh, apparently it didn't happen. Um, Shams has a bit of a vested interest in protecting Ben's reputation a bit, given that Shams either is or was a clutch client as well as Ben. Um, but um, does not sound like this was true. The group chat, uh, Ben leaving the group chat story. Um, uh, it was, you know, even if, if we hadn't had the Shams uh, closure on that, it, it did as much as I would have loved it as a piece of uh, fact, uh, given that the only person we heard this from was Rick Buecher, I just couldn't really fully ever enjoy it and go on board with it. But uh, Emily, did you have any... Uh, any thoughts on this saga from start to finish here? No, I just kind of wish it was true because it's funnier if it's true, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So. Dan, anything here? I mean, yeah, it was pretty clear it wasn't true. I actually saw it um, like before it kind of went like super viral, I think the next day. I tweeted out that morning, but um, you know, I, what are you going to do? But uh yeah, I saw it as, as like a transcript of it. And I was reading and I had to go, I like had to go find this interview because it was so funny. And it was like, okay, this is clearly not true because like Mr. Rick Buecher and like, it's just like, even for Ben, come on, that's ridiculous. Like that obviously didn't happen, but like, it was like, so He does funny. have to see these people. Like, like you can't it was just like. So funny. Like, yeah, obviously it didn't happen, but it's, it's just so, such a funny, like it, it would honestly be a perfect joke. Like if like Ballsack Sports tweeted that out, it would be like yeah, right. We would be like, oh, that's awesome, and because it was Rick Buecher and like people like he has a check mark, and people pretend that like that could be true or something. I don't know. It doesn't. I I was like, obviously this isn't true, so it didn't really kill it for me. I just kind of read it as a, as a joke, but like you know, Rick is making a great joke here, even though he doesn't think he is. Um, but yeah, I I definitely believe the part where it's like Kevin Durant could have been displeased by all of the. You know, speculation around is Ben going to play? Is he not? And then he ends up not playing, but he, you know, says he's feeling fine. Sure. Yes, man, he's not like all of that. Like, I just don't think that he just like left the team group chat like that. Come on, <laughs> that didn't happen. But yeah, great, great story, and probably some truth to the the part of it where he says that you know Kevin Durant is like a little frustrated with Ben. Has Buker said anything about like this big thing that he put out that got him so many retweets, and then Trump's just like no. Probably not. <laughs> Probably he's just like, yeah. All right. Well, it's that's fun. Fox Sports One doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, Doc Rivers did a um, interview on Vince Carter's podcast. Um, we should get Vince on the show. Just a note. Sure, why not? That'd be cool. Yeah. We'll get uh, Drew on that when he's back from his birthday. Yeah, just a note for Drew as he edits. Um, Doc said, among other things, um, uh, James Harden keeps calling him all the time. He can't get James to stop calling him. He's, he's roaming in Barcelona with um, Kevin Durant. They're at brunch, and 
James is getting up from the table and he's saying, I have to call Doc again. It's been 20 mm -hmm. minutes. I need to check in with Doc Rivers. Okay, sure. Um, he's, uh, oh, Doc thinks part of the deal is three years, almost close. One is more, more accurate, but okay. Um, yeah, but that's so on brand for Doc not knowing. Yes, you. absolutely. This is um, the doc I love, the one that doesn't know anything that's <laughs> happening on his team. It's my favorite guy they, ever. They asked him about the tampering stuff, and he said Daryl had no idea what Hardin was going to do before. Um, great. It's like, I mean, every reporter had the terms of the PJ Tucker deal like a week beforehand, and the Sixers didn't have that much money. <laughs> like, so, so something if, was going on. If these things aren't coming up in his every 20 minute calls to doc rivers like what are they what are they talking well, i guess about? Like, he's not I even guess doc would say that these just these calls just started after the contract they're like um, he's like look at this golf course in barcelona like let me you guy have a come here like maybe training camp next year he's really just you know so doc did say that he got hip replacement surgery and he's not been able to golf um this summer oh, right. so he started film work way earlier this year which is it reminds me of james harden starting to play basketball way earlier this summer than usual um but and he said that max is like the best 21 year old he's ever seen in his life um yeah any uh any thoughts uh on the doc rivers uh interview here Emily? now i'm hope doc's recovering from his hip surgery well it's like a very if you got if you get a replaced that's like a very painful surgery no it's wonder he like surgery stalks around the court like he did his I hip know, was he does have killing a hitch in his yeah so maybe that'll be but now he'll be like fast probably running up and down the court i just can't wait to see it but um <clears throat> really not much doc being doc you know he's not much more to say uh dan yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on it. I think the, the the funniest takeaway was the fact that Harden's calling him all the time. That's that's so weird. There's absolutely no chance. You think that's not true? I think Harden called him like twice, and Doc is exaggerating. He's like, he calls me every hour. <laughs> what is he saying? Like, what are they? What are they, what are they discussing? I I don't know. I, I, no I, I think that that I would love that to be true. That that Harden. I guess I, I don't know that I would love that to be true, but I think that Doc is gassing himself up like and his importance to his star player. I think there's no way that James Harden is calling Doc Rivers all the time. There's Do you no remember time. Doc's interview tour last summer and how ridiculous it was? He even dug in on the Ben thing in this interview. He even was like, I didn't say what they said that I said. It's like, oh my God, bro. I need but he was comparing he was comparing Ben's camp to like the Trump people or something. Like oh my God. It was it was it was just it was at the time off. that he wanted Ben to come back and right. play. Right. He was like it reminds me of the Trump people. It was like what are you doing, man? Like that was listen, that was, I don't want Ben to come no. back, so I don't give a shit. But like what's your goal here? Because Oh my God. Yeah. Leading up to training stuff. camp, he did this media tour where he just fucked up the whole thing. It was awful. Well, he's on like CNN, that, wasn't he? Or like MSNBC or, or like one of the cable news networks. Yeah. He was doing all these ridiculous, horrible interviews where he put his foot in his mouth every time. It was, it was like, how are you not better at this? Wait, just stop. Just stop talking. And to our main story, Tobias Harris got married. Um, 
which I'm going to do. You sounded like Bill Simmons um, saying that. <laughs> you sounded like a question. 2005 redraftables. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he got married. Uh, and I, I, like many fans, was mainly, it looked like a great time. They put out a trailer for the, for the wedding. Um, Tobias looked great, and so did his bride. Uh, Jasmine, I think. Mm-hmm. um Tobias was in a green tux I think yeah go birds um I'm pretty sure and... it was uh the company Malcolm Jenkins's like uh company store Love and that. that's where the tux from yep <clears throat> so I was interested at first all I saw was George Niang posting you know like okay is George Niang like the only guy that we could get there but then there was also what Matisse Niang, uh, Maxi, Maxi, and there's a fourth. And Bede was in the bathroom. He was not there. <laughs> Bede was. Tobias said he was in the bathroom. He was making a joke. No, <laughs> Bede was there. Seriously. If Embiid was there, trust me, there would be a picture of Embiid there. He was, there. Dude, he was in the bathroom the entire time. The whole time. He, not- he had gastroenteritis. <laughs> You're not getting Embiid to the Tobias wedding. He was not there. Um, who was the fourth sixer that was there? There's definitely, I could have sworn. Maybe that was it. Maybe it was just to buy, yeah, maybe it was those four. Uh, Danny Green was there. JJ Reddick was there. Um, Emily, I know that you want to do a solid 20 minutes on this, so I'll, I'll give yeah. you the floor. Also, uh, DeAndre Jordan was there, which I thought was surprising. I guess they, they played together. They must, the been, they must have known him. Were they on the Clippers together? I don't know. Sure. Sure. Kyle Quinn was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobon was there, of course. Um, yeah, it looked beautiful. I had, I was really kind of. Bummed El Neto that, was there. Yes, that was the other one. Um, I was a little bit bummed when the Sixers posted the pictures from the wedding because I was having a really fun time playing like deep dives into tagged photos and random NBA players to see who was there myself. And I felt like they gave me a bit of a cheat code. But other than that, um, the wedding looked pretty, they had fireworks, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Matisse decided that he should just wear a blazer and a t-shirt to this like very clearly black tie wedding, which I thought was interesting. Um, just going, you know, independent research, black tie, t-shirt, done, got it. Um, Max, he looks adorable in a bow tie. I just thought he was the cutest thing ever. Um, thought it was, well, not interesting. I guess, like, Tobias and JJ seem like friends. I felt like JJ Raddick was probably, like, the biggest name, right, of the guests, I'd have to say. I guess so. Is yeah. he a bigger name than Max? He's on ESPN now, Dan, so. He is. True. There's a college celebrity as well. Making yeah. fun of Bob Cousy all day. It's older Probably abuse. warranted, but... Yeah. But yeah, it was lovely. I'm very happy for them. I hope they have a lifetime <laughs> of happiness. And I just love good, like, famous person wedding. Do we care that Embiid wasn't there? From either yeah. side? Okay. No, I don't, I don't care. Okay. If, yeah, no. <laughs> just checking. Like, I don't need them to be best friends. Okay. I'm just asking because Tobias is Mr. Congeniality. Do we think that Embiid is mad that the Tobias contract hurt his MVP case because half the voters were like, 
oh, well, you know, Embiid is Tobias Harris. Like, you know, Jokic has no one. Meanwhile, Tobias is like a disaster the entire year until the playoffs. That's that's probably why he either he might wasn't be there or he went just to defecate the whole time. And I can't think of one teammate that Embiid would be at their wedding that I would think that he would be there. He Well, he goes to part of his wine party. Wine party so he, he might go Maybe. to that one. If Jimmy Butler got married, he'd probably go to his wedding. He would go to that. Or JJ, yeah. Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson. He could. Yeah, he'd go to that one. Not Tobias, but Justin Anderson. Yeah, he'd always go to Justin Anderson. Um, Dan, any other assorted thoughts for? uh, No other thoughts. Great. Well, listen, we miss Drew. And, uh, Happy birthday here. to Drew. Happy birthday to Drew. Drew is 21 now. Drew. Drew is 21. He's plastered right now. The editing with this will be a mess. He's at um, a concert. I wonder what concert. He's also on Twitter. Oh, I know. <laughs> he, he tweeted something. I think it's Logic, who's a rapper. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because he tweeted something about that. So the Dashboard Confessional concert's in Philly tonight, but I didn't really think that was Drew's vibe. What's that? Okay. Uh, that's like a 90s band, right? Like an emo band from the early 2000s. I was born in the 90s. It's Hands it's... down, vindicated. Come on, guys. Help me. Yeah, it's real. Well, listen, we had fun. And um, great seeing you both. Um, Congrats to Steve and Gab again. Woo-hoo! Thank you. Any uh, bachelorette thoughts before we get out of here? Quickly. Oh, I fell behind. I have to be honest. Mm. Oh, so now we can't spoil. Here we go. No, go ahead. I'll uh, I'll I'll turn my volume on. Go ahead. All right, now he can't hear us. <laughs> we can just talk about him now for fun. Okay. Listen, I don't like Dan. <laughs> he can't he hear what yeah. I'm saying. He can't hear <laughs> I don't I like him, and, and, I, and I've never liked him. And um, and now we'll know if he listens to this back or not. If he ever mentions it, there's no it. chance he'll he'll never listen. <laughs> he'll never know this happened. So I don't like Dan. He's he's nodding for people who <laughs> He's nodding as if we're talking about the Bachelorette. I don't like him. He's wearing a blue sweater that looks stupid, and it's always looked stupid from the day he bought it. I knew that it looked stupid, and he's pretending to talk. <laughs> um, I probably should have replaced him years ago. And Years we ago. Meet- yeah, we had a meeting about it, and you said we shouldn't, and we didn't, but it's been a mistake. Okay, you Bachelorette talk is all done. Okay, good. Great. Great. Um, all right, good stuff. Um, follow Third and Girl, Gastro Blues Pod, Steve J. Lippman. Um, DA Post 15, <laughs> the YouTube. Go go subscribe to us on YouTube. Drew is putting out the good clips on YouTube. And and frankly, if you're not following, it's just rude at this point. And they're not just like clips. Like he adds like funny yeah. stuff. It's oh, like not it's, just it's like not, a cut yeah. clip. That's right. He has lots of good like graphics and things like that. They're they're quality videos. I laugh at them. Yeah. If you're not if you're not subscribed to YouTube, like you're you're missing out. And you're hurting Drew's feelings, and it's his birthday, so that makes you a bad person to hurt mm-hmm. his feelings on his birthday. So oh. subscribe. And he's DA Pelts thirteen. And um, also, if you'd like, send us any questions. 
that you want us to answer here on the pod. Any mm-hmm. any interaction you want to send us. Mean um, comments, we love. Mean comments, send them right in. Um, go go for it, and uh, we'll be happy to read them on air, and change whatever it is that you want us to change about ourselves. The um, volume's been top notch lately, I think. That guy's volume. That guy's fucking out of here. I remember where I was when Emily said that uh, that he what, what blocked you. Yeah, he bought. I think yeah. you and blocked. He's gone. He's gone. Anyway, we're out. Love you. Be safe and be great. Be safe and be great.